<laughs> I just remember when I was around at yours, like it was a little while ago, and you were just like, "Oh yeah, it was the cat's birthday, so I got him a cake." You know, you just you know you stood there and you like, like is that was that a joke? Like, what the fuck is he talking about? And like, I was like, "No, no, it was the birthday, so I got him a cake." And you're like, what? What? <laughs> Welcome to another festive edition of Films on Trial. This week, it's Noel. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. Austin. And just like Noel, we're saving Christmas together. Mm, hey. Maybe not. I think, oh. well, well, at least... Me and Dave are. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> I think we're saving you from having to watch Noel, at least. That's about it. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Oh, it started already. <laughs> oh, straight out of the gate. I'm sorry. Now, just to say, this week's film on trial is the 2020 family fantasy, Noel. Is it Noel? Or is it No Chance in L? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's not the worst one you've done, to be honest. <laughs> it's, not, right. it's not. I actually thought about that. Some effort went into that joke, so thank you very much. Essentially, we're going to find out if it will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, just to say, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen Noel, you can check it out on Disney Plus. Or you can just judge just judge our trustments. Or you can just trust our judgments, one of them. <laughs> Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz. This week is brought to us by the lovely Joel, even though he tried to lie to me before and convince me <laughs> that I was the one that was doing the quiz to hopefully rile me up, panic me, and give me an aneurysm. But it's not, it's Joel, and it's going to start around the 40-odd minute mark. I I, I, we like riling you up. It gets you in the mood for the... It gets, you know what I mean? It, it, it gets you in the right frame of mind, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, I needed riling up. I needed a bit of energy after watching Actually. Noel. <laughs> anyway, uh, to the uh, trial itself. Now, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So, acting in defence and trying to get this place on the hit list will be Dave and Ozzy. Now, Dave is just like Santa Claus from the Polar Express. An unmistakable voice, a commanding yet Quite unsettling presence and a slightly smug and condescending aura. <laughs> and, you know it. <laughs> and Ozzy is just like Jack Skellington as Santa Claus in Nightmare Before Christmas. A dapper, gothy weirdo who tries to be helpful but just makes everything so much more worse. <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be me and Alex. Now, I'm a little bit like Santa Claus in Miracle on 34th Street, the 1994 version, that is. Unbalanced with anger management problems, and people are always questioning my legitimacy. <laughs> and <laughs> Alex is a bit like Paul Giamatti's Santa Claus in Ooh. Fred Claus. Overworked, overstressed, and easy manipulated slash bullied. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. Now, these may or may not be their real opinions, however. So do stay tuned until the end of the episode when we will tell you our genuine thoughts. Which means this week, Joel will be playing the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Joel is just like Tim Allen's Santa Claus in The Santa Claus. He started out this year as a grumpy but smartly dressed regular worker guy but has ended the year 
with a big white beard and an inability to wear anything other than sweatpants. <laughs> the only thing we don't know is whether, like Tim Allen, this change was a direct result of murdering somebody. Um, <laughs> we can guess. <laughs> so, just to clarify, I'm talking about the, uh, Santa Claus, Tim Allen's character in the Santa Claus, not suggesting that Tim Allen is, Tim Allen is a killer. <laughs> I mean, if he has, he's done a very good job of covering it up. <laughs> now, Joel must decide whether this film should be placed on the hit or shit list based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinions, which is good because he hasn't seen the film yet. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Now, what we do here is we read off the synopsis of the film and we do it in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it is landed on Dave. So how would we like Dave to read out the synopsis? I feel like just a good Santa. Yeah, just a, a happy, merry Santa. Like happy, merry yeah. Santa feels a good one, yeah. A happy, merry Santa. Yeah, like the exact opposite to how Dave seems at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ho, ho, ho. There you go. We're getting the spirit. Santa's daughter must take over the family business when her father retires and her brother, who's supposed to inherit the Santa role, gets cold feet. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's Santa oh. or Brian Blessed. It was Brian Blessed, Dave. <laughs> it, it was, trust me, it was Brian Blessed. <laughs> and it was a hell of a Brian Blessed as well. I, I think it's the slightly gingery beard that's getting it, it helps, doesn't it? It really yeah. it just helps me channel Brian. <laughs> Get Dave, Dave, before we move on, can you please yeah. say, uh, Gordon's alive? Gordon's alive! <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, also, was it just me or did, was that synopsis a bit of a spoiler? I I, I felt that you, uh, you know, massive spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Aren't they Aren't they written by um, what's it called anyway? Aren't they still like users? Oh, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, I like, I, 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 I assume that it's you know like when you go on Netflix or Disney it has like a little brief synopsis. No, maybe, I, think, maybe not. I think IMDb. You have to pick. Uh, you, you write them. The like right. users write them, and then so if ever there isn't one. When you click it to suggest the tagline. Yeah. So if you were hoping to listen to this episode without any spoilers, too late. Because, (laughs) yeah, that's right. She becomes Santa in the end. Get over it. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Joel, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yes, I will. Thanks very much. Um, so, (laughs) thanks, Joel. Like, I I don't know anything (laughs) about this film. Uh, I know it's got Anna Kendrick in it. That's because I, somebody did the poster here, whether it was Dave, maybe. and he fit quite nicely into Anna Kendrick's face. Um, so I'm thinking, how yes, does that relate, did. you know, to the rest of the film? <laughs> I think that's the takeaway <laughs> point. Sorry, you've got to remember. Sorry. Sorry, Joel. <laughs> Dave fit quite nicely into Anna Kendrick's face. <laughs> I mean, if we've got similar bone structure, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> okay, so we'll just start off with the, with the basic plot then. I mean... In, I take it there's somebody called Noel and it's a Christmas film. That's all I'm piecing together here. Yeah. Shall I start? Or? Go for it. So basically, you're starting with, um, you, you, you go to the North Pole straight out um, and you you learn. So it's you're in the North Pole and it's an area where um, Santa Claus and his family live. It's um, you know, The opening is uh, it's pretty special with... Uh, the kids are waiting for Father Christmas to come down the um, down the chimney, 
and they sat waiting. And you, you already know, I think, did you already meet Noel? I can't quite remember the very first thing now. But anyway, she's in the, she's the kid waiting for Father Christmas to come down the, um, down the chimney. When he does come down, he spots her. She's like trying to catch him. She's hiding. You think, oh, that's a bit of a weird one that, you know, normally Father Christmas hides away. Um, and then he catches her, says, oh, have you been on the naughty list? And she says, oh, no, Dad, you know I haven't been. And then like, you're like, ah, there you go, daughter, set up. And then you learn about the whole family tradition that he's been um, passed down through the Kringle family, so Chris Kringle. Um, so the Kringle family are always Santa Claus, and it's passed on uh, for 23 generations. And then um, you learn that this guy dies. So he dies with six months left for Christmas. So there's a big elf meeting. Um Whereby the elves reads. like compared to the Christmas Chronicles? Um, not quite as cute. Yeah, not as cute as the Christmas Chronicles. They're, they're tasty music. Human. Yeah, they're yeah. quite humanoid. They're like they're essentially normal people, but with elf ears. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be like Cosplay Central. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of great uh, elf costumes on the go. You know, like proper classic, um, sort of green and red and jingly bits. Yeah. Uh, so, so then they have the so the, the big the high elves they read from the declaration that it has to go down to the next um, the next male heir, a bit like a you know a bit like a monarchy essentially. So the next male heir becomes Santa Claus, and that's the first time where um, you, you start getting a bit of this uh, sort of a theme throughout this about um, people being left left out um, and it being sort of. Uh, a bit of a, a take on sort of old-fashioned uh, ways of dealing with things. So in this instance, it's it's the it's always a man who has to play Santa. You catch this, and, and you know you're straight into that that that, that mode. You know you, you that's already set up for them. So it goes to Nick Nick Kringle, um, and he is uh, that's Bill Hader Hader. Um, so I've seen him in loads of things. I think he does, plays a very similar character in quite a cynical one-liner type of. Thing. I think he does a good job in, in bringing out, you know, some comedy in this one. But he doesn't want to be Father Christmas. He's not good at it. He doesn't really, he's not grasping it. But he's got six months to quickly get good at being Father Christmas. Um, and, and Noelle's job is to get him good at being Father Christmas. That's literally her job the entire time of being alive. Um, so one of the things which we miss out in this is, uh, is any costume changes. Pretty much people are in the same costume throughout. I'm just answering some of the, uh, the pop-up questions that are coming in to put me off <laughs> um, so so um so she her, her job is to try and uh, bring uh, christmas joy to people and to really help santa claus beat santa claus um but he's not having it he needs a break um, he just needs to, to step away and find himself so she suggests that he goes and has a short holiday um which he does he takes the he takes the uh he takes the reindeer and he takes a trip to to uh Phoenix, Arizona, and then sends the sleigh back and he decides to abscond and he runs away, um, which is where the adventure really starts, is that everybody kicks off at her. Um, so she's uh, suddenly has to deal with the consequences of some actions and uh, everyone sort of shuns her. She's no longer the princess. People, well, she is still still like the, 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 the princess of the, the Santa family, but she's now not Santa Claus. They, they, they have to pick someone else because he's lost. And they pick the cousin, and the cousin is like a techie, uh, techie nerd, and he tries to do it all in a different fashion. 
because he doesn't want to be trying the Christmas either. He just wants to play with his computer and, and do everything very logistically. You can so. probably relate to that, can't you, Joel? Dave's. So then she goes to, so she tries to fix it. So everyone hates her. She and her, um, like, I suppose like a nanny, but she's like a, a wise elf, um, Shirley MacLaine. So again, I think you've seen her in loads of things. She's quite funny um, across things I've seen her in. And I think she has a good, you know, good comedic role in this as well. They go to Phoenix, Arizona to try and bring him back. So they go to find Father Christmas. And that's where, you know, all polarity issues, a bit similar to Elf. You've now got people who are um, Father Christmas or elves in um, amongst real people. And um, and it's the way that sort of plays out. You know, there's a lot of that sort of um, uh, finding uh, of one how, how does it end? Is it like a nice Christmassy ending? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, also, so she finds, uh, eventually she finds uh, Father Christmas, he become a yoga teacher. Um, and, uh, and she has to try and convince him to come back. And, and that's, the, that's where it all comes from. Eventually, um, what we find out is that she's becoming, uh, or learning all of these things which she's been trying to teach to him. It's all you know, kind of like the knack, you know, it's actually being Father Christmas is passed on to the, the eldest of the family, not necessarily the eldest man of the family. Um, and I guess maybe it's a, a taught thing, but eventually she, she can do all of the things which Father Christmas can do, which is she can understand children of any language. She can uh, understand what people really feel like. She can tell if people are naughty or nice. Um, all of those real Christmassy tropes, she learns that she can do them on the way. And then, um, yeah, then they, but while she's in Phoenix, Arizona, people think she's a fucking nut job. So um, she gets locked up um, and then eventually convinced, you know, somebody gets convinced that she is who she says she is. They break her out. She flies home. Uh, then you got a nice uh, ending scene where she's um, in the gigantic Father Christmas suit delivering presents. And, um, and that's where she genuinely becomes Father Christmas. And when she becomes Father Christmas, the suit changes to fit her because that's like one of the lines from a star. Like Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, it sounds like quite a, a modern take on on Father Christmas there, Gav. And I presume you loved the fact that Santa actually stopped being a man and became a woman. You know, that's something that you've been a strong advocate for ever since I've known you as a little child, really. To be honest, I feel like I'm going to have to wait a little, a little bit longer for that to be fully realised because this wasn't the film for it. Apologies. It really was just as boring as Austin made out. Uh, it's. Uh, I will say that what Austin skimmed over slightly is that this film starts with the death of Santa Claus. You know, this children's film, and within the first five minutes, a beloved icon to children all over the world is brutally murdered by, <laughs> by old age and father time. Uh, and then, you know, as, as he said, Bill Hader's Nick Claus is being prepped to be the next Santa. Uh, but does, is he ready? Does he want to do it now? So he does a runner, you know, just before Christmas to de-stress and ends up going to Phoenix, Arizona, of all places, you know, of all the places he could go to. And then Q Anna Kendrick uh, as Noel and her elf Polly advisor Shelley McLean going off and trying to rescue her. Then they realise, hey, you know what? I, I can be Santa Claus as well. And by the end of the film, she saves Christmas. Blah blah blah. It's the same 
boring, predictable story that we've seen in many, many Christmas films over and over again. This story just... Just to stop you there briefly, you know, it's got a female Santa Claus and Bill Hader in this film. So how do you dislike it? Because that sounds like your Christmas wet dream to me. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Bill Hader might be in this film, but he's not present in this film. He's, he's physically there, Joel. Like, you could, if you look inside not recovered his eyes, mentally from Pennywise's hauntings. No, honestly, like it's like Bill Hader has died. Somebody has stuffed his corpse and shoveled it onto the set. Jesus, honestly, I've never seen somebody sleepwalk as much as Bill Hader has done in this film. Uh, and, and, you know, like you can't just kind of have, oh, you know what, bang, we'll tack a female Santa onto this film and it'll be good. You know, there needs to be something else behind it. There needs to be more than just... What? No, 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 but that's the thing. Tacked on. This is, that's the main premise of the film. Is, no, uh, is but, whether you want to say it's the, the main presence or, 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 you know, like it's tagged on, whatever, it doesn't matter. Whether it's executed properly is another question and it just isn't in this. It just feels like they've tried to put something in just to kind of uh, make it pop off the screen. But the thing is, is the the script that underpins this film is lackluster. It's very, very poor. You know, we've seen this time and time again in many Christmas movies. There's the whole fish out of water thing, like taking Santa or somebody from the North Pole and dropping them in current times in an unfamiliar location. Oh, what do you mean I can't use chocolate currency here? That sort of stuff. And then once again, you know, we've seen that in Elf and other Christmas movies. It's just very unoriginal very uninspiring offering that takes every Christmas movie trope and exploits it numerous, numerous times ad nauseum. It feels like a film that started off with good intentions and, you know, was intended to be this big cinematic release, but then had a drastic change of heart halfway through. Maybe a tart shrank two sizes, who knows? And it had all of its budget cut and then was shelved for several years without been, you know, had any attention to it. And then it was just pissed out on some streaming service with absolutely no fanfare at all. This film is, it's just not good. It, like, it could have had Hallmark presents at the beginning of it and I would have batted an eyelid. You know, it's it's not a very good film at all. I'm sorry. Fucking Grinch over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so two pretty contrasting views there. I can see Dave, you've got something to add. Yeah, I just want to come back at Gav on some of those points. I mean, this was pissed out on some streaming service. <laughs> This was sorry. This a, good, a really good streaming service, but it was it was pissed out. A very weak stream, I might add as well. It it was originally scheduled for cinematic release. It wasn't shelved for years. I don't think it was originally planned to uh, be a cinematic release, but it coincided with the launch of Disney Plus, the rebranding of Disney Life, as it had been before then. In order to get subscribers in, in order to, to market it towards people to show them they got new content appearing on the streaming service, this was one of the films that they added. So it wasn't that they just they, they bottled it the thought of a cinematic release, this was to bolster the back catalogue on Disney+. Plus. You know, it was a deliberate attempt to lure people in to get people to subscribe. So I wouldn't say it was it was pissed down some streaming service by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I disagree strongly about Bill Hader. We're going to get more into cast and characters late, later. I think he actually does a good job. I think one thing you will say about the cast, whether, whatever you may think of them as actors or so on and so forth, they give it their all. There's real enthusiasm here. There's real charm. There's real enthusiasm. Everyone's gunning for this as best as they can. You know, he goes, Bill Hader, I think, does a really good job. Gav's talking about uh, Bill Hader kind of sleepwalking through it. Maybe we're talking about his lack of interest in being Santa. That bit he is sort of sleepwalking for, but that's his character. That's what he's meant to be doing at that point. I think there's real enthusiasm to him. But like I say, 
we'll get into that later. And and as far as the other points that Gav was saying about it being a poorly executed plan, I don't think it is. You know, yes, we've seen fish out of water many a time before. We've seen it in Elf. We've seen it in Christmas Chronicles. That's just to name films that are fairly recent. You know, it's it is a bit of a trope. But it's one that is very endearing. It's one that people enjoy watching. You know, that's why Elf is, is became the success that it was. That's why when Christmas Chronicles 2 came out, you know, I mentioned on that podcast, that episode, we did miss that fish out of water thing. That's kind of the charm of these sort of films. You know, when you've got a real life Santa mingling with people in the modern world, that fish out of water thing is kind of what you're missing. You look forward to seeing that. It is, it's Christmassy. It's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to be honest with you. And that's what this film has in abundance. So I uh, wouldn't say it, it may be a trope, but I wouldn't say it's a tired trope or it's a trope that anyone's sick of seeing. Sorry, John. Uh, I was just going to say, so who's this for, sorry, who, who is this film aimed at? You know, like Christmas Chronicles was probably a bit, you know, child for children. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this like more for, for adults maybe, or is it a bit like Elf where it's a bit for everyone? No, I'd say this is definitely aimed at kids. Probably a younger audience than Elf as well. Um, I would say you're aiming uh, around seven plus market. I think it's just like, okay. you know, still... So still around mental kids. age. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you'd have liked it more, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, I can see you're desperate. Yeah, it, like this film is just one of the one of the blandest, most just tasteless things I've seen. Not tasteless in like bad taste. I just mean there's no flavour to it whatsoever. Yeah. It's... It, say again, sorry, Izzy. Peppermint. Mm, I, I'd say peppermint's got a strong flavour. This is just... It's more like it's a cardboard sorbet. <laughs> is it? Is it like a peppermint cherry after you've had it for 45 minutes and it's, you know, it's, the flavour's gone a little it's bit? It's a little bit like that, but I'd say 45 hours. I would say <laughs> it's, um, you know, Gav, was, Gav, Gav got me thinking, like, where was this film made? What it feels like it's been made is one of those, like, it's almost like there's two parts of Disney. There's kind of like the Disney that kind of does like the bit of like, you know, like Frozen and does the more interesting stuff, you know, like less of the live action remakes, more of the original films that sort of like broke new ground and really got. And then another part of Disney, which does like what the brother bears and all that sort of stuff, but just does the real sort of like completely middle of the road, really safe, just boring schlock that it just sort of pumps out. Right. And and that's fine. Do you know what I mean? I'd say there's a, there's a place for that sort of film. This is totally inoffensive. You can put this on, when Christmas isn't going well and everyone's starting to get rowdy, put Noel on. Do you know what I mean? No one's going to complain. Everyone's going to sort of just sort of be sunk into just a, a state of nothingness, really. Uh, it, it's just got no bite to it. And and, and I, I maybe that would be fine, but it's almost two hours long. Again, this is I don't know why they keep making these Christmas films that are just so long. And, and, and I, I can't tell you how bored you are all the way through it. Just I won't talk for too much longer, but just to go on the female Santa thing, because that is something that I think was the original premise of this film. You can see the the genesis of a good film in there somewhere. It could have, there was the idea that Santa's going to take over and is going to be a female Santa, but they just don't really have the guts to really do it properly. So as you said, that's the whole way through the film. I disagree. That's that's not really even said at the start. Santa sort of sits down with Noel and says like, no, you know, your role isn't really to be anything. You know, you you, you haven't really got a role. And and that's not really explored at all. And, it's, and, and her being female isn't really explained i'm not saying that they need to go into the feminist issue i'm just saying it's not really explored at all throughout the film until right at the end right at the end they say oh a female can't be santa and then someone says yeah yeah yeah, they can and then it just carries on and it would have been okay right it would have been okay to explore all of that it would have been interesting in fact but there's just no guts to the film it's just got no conviction whatsoever and it just ends up being 
one of the most boring films I've seen in a, in a really long time. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that sounds pretty damning, but as Dave said, this is made for kids. So, Ozzy, do you think that it maybe, you know, Gavin Alex are just being a little bit too harsh because it's for children and they will enjoy it, kind of a point we mentioned with Christmas Chronicles as well? So I actually messaged Dave after I'd watched it to say that we're going to be in for a tough time with the uh, the Miserly Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. Is that, um, is that. You know, this is not a film for, for Gavin and Alex at all. You know, they are, you know, absolute Grinches and so cynical about the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I will watch literally anything you've seen in my DVD collection. <laughs> to be fair, Gavin's sat in like it. an extremely yeah, Christmassy no. room in a Christmas Yeah, no, I know. You cannot get a Christmas <laughs> Christmas eating Gavin right now. <laughs> I'm literally wearing a Christmas onesie right now. <laughs> but, and uh, that's uh, just one little touch. Just the thing about the the female women can't be Santa. That, that's what I mean. Is it set up at the very start? Is you know he gives the Santa hat to, to Nick uh, Kringle and he says, you know, you're ready to start learning how to be Santa now. And then he says to to Noel, he says, you know, and you can just keep making the cards and. And you know, just be a woman. Just just look after yourself and just just be joyful. No, be jolly. I, I, I he doesn't say be very, a woman. He doesn't be jolly. He says, but he doesn't just, say be. If he'd said be woman, I'd have been like, wow, Santa's sort of being a bit patriarchy. That's an interesting. Was thing obviously, to say. isn't that a bit too heavy for kids though? It was literally so. that. It was obviously implied. And then when they're at the first bit where they say that it's going to be Nick Kringle, the elf Polly says that's not what it says. She says it doesn't say being a male. It's it's all in there from the start. It's literally it's it's spelt out. But because it's a kids' film, you know it, they don't dwell on those matters. It's just for you to be there and then learn. You know, you straight away you learn that she's a better Father Christmas than she's a better Santa Claus than Nick is. Clearly, you know she's picking it. She knows how to do all these things. She's got the knack. She's got the twinkle. You know, and that's why they refer to. It. And she develops that in her time. You know, she becomes. You know, it's like. A, sort of the coming of age type story isn't it she she learns and hones these skills on this adventure where she finally finds out that you know christmas isn't just about being jolly and just about um you know she sees suffering she sees people in homes and, and that's what uh, that's the whole point of the the story is that she's she's learning all of these other bits all of these other facets to christmas and um and becomes a, a better santa claus because of it so then when she comes back you know, they, they can't dwell, you're not going to have a, a big debate about whether women can or can't be uh, Santa Claus. So it, when it comes to me, he just says, oh, yeah, actually, I reread it and it didn't say male in there at all. So the next one you've got to do is just be inspiring to the rest of us and we'll let you be Santa Claus. That just works nicely because it's a kid's film, in it? So then she gives a little speech. And, you know, I think it was a, you know, it's a little speech, but it's, it's a good speech. It's a very obvious speech. Because it's for kids. But, you know, I think if you're a six, seven-year-old, that'll be the first time you really hear that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, well, just just one sec, Brucey. So that, that's going to bring us nicely onto the point, which I'll pass over to you. So um, the script and obviously the, the comedy. So, Alex, I'll let you have a, your say because it seems to tie in with that. Sure. I, one thing I'd say is there's a lot of, like, kids wouldn't be able to handle. Kids can take a lot more. And kids could take a... You know, a good discussion of Santa in a female role, a lot more than this film is willing or willing to risk, because it'd be a bit risky doing that. And it'd be a bit risky Santa being in the position of sort of not really, you know, being behind women in his family. But the film just can't take that risk. And that is really the problem with the comedy in the film. Now, I'm not saying that I want a film. I, I, 
I'd sort of agree with Dave's thing that, you know, this is probably aiming for seven plus, maybe the sort of like the tween ages, do you know what I mean? Like 10, 11 year olds, I would say maybe. And um, yeah, it's, I, I just say that good comedy needs a little spice in it. And this comedy has nothing. It is completely bland again. There's just no sort of guts to it. There's no sort of trying to take a little bit of risk. And I'm not saying that it needs to be risque. I'm just saying that good comedy, think of Frozen 2, right? Olaf or Frozen 1. Olaf is a, you know, one of the more famous kids characters from the last five, maybe 10 years, right? Really, really popular. And in Frozen 2, he makes a joke about the main characters, the death of the main character's parents. Do you know what I mean? That's really, really funny in it. And it, it really works. It was, I, it was made me laugh out loud when I watched it, you know? So it's fine to do that, but it's risky and it's and it's harder to write. This film just doesn't... So all of the comedy is just Christmas puns all the way through, which oh, is fine for a bit. Like, it's fine for a bit. I would, you know, that's fine all Christmas cheer. But like two two hours of just like these bland Christmas, inoffensive Christmas puns times a thousand just kill you. Like, you, you can't... Actually, you start to feel like your life ticking away watching this film. I know that sounds extreme, but you do. It's just it's so long that I found myself. I was like watching the film, and you know, you're like, "All right, I wonder how much I've got left." And it was like, "Wow, I've got you know an, an hour and you know an hour and eight minutes." Wow, God, you know. So you watch a little bit more, and you're like, I "Wonder how much I've got now." And it's like, "I've got an hour and six minutes left." And it's like, "How? How? How has it only been two minutes?" You know, the, the film sort of. Uh, you think the films end when she becomes Santa? There's twenty more minutes, so. If you had something to sort of hang your hat on, if you had something to sort of keep you keep you interested, but it's just so standard middle of the road fare. And the only thing that really that makes this a film probably that we've got on the podcast is the cast. Do you know what I mean? Anna Kendrick's in it, Bill Hader's in it. If it wasn't for that, it would just, you know, this this film would this film is gonna just end up as just Dave said it's to bolster Disney Plus. This is just to bulk it out now. Do you know what I mean? It's just going to be there. It's going to be one of the standard Christmas films you might pop on to put the kids in front of. But comedy-wise, there's I can't really think of anything. You know, there's no scene. There's no. I've, bit, I've written that, down a few. Nothing. Alex, if you want, if you want. Go on, go on. Uh, so I'm I'm from a town up north where. Canada, <laughs> not quite. Talking about the North Pole, obviously. Um, I think she's from St. Wish. Oh, oh yeah. Canada wishes. There's all, <laughs> Canada sorry, wishes. one running one thing on the comedy I did want to say before I, I, I just shut up is it's got this running joke all the way through it where it says, "What does everyone want for Christmas? An iPad, right?" And it just keeps going on all the way through it. And at first you're a bit like, "Well, that's not funny," but fair enough. Not every joke has to be funny, but it must be said at least four or five times throughout it. And by the end, it's, it's more just than like that. it's almost like you should just have like a holograph of Steve Jobs going bye an iPad, <laughs> buy an iPad now, buy an iPad. And it's like, this isn't a joke. This is just like, it's not even product placement. Do you know what I mean? It's literally thought, all the characters. I, I just thought that was quite funny. Go, I, quite, I thought it was a buy joke. An iPad. I, thought it was I thought it was a pretty good joke. It's pretty aggressive. I quite liked it. You know, you basically got like Bill Hader who can't work out what people want. You know, like there's a guy playing guitar. It's like, what does this guy want? It's like a uh, new guitar. It's like, an iPad. It's like, right, yeah, yeah, an iPad, I got it. And then there's like this little girl that just wants her mom to get a new job. And she's like, I want my mom to get a new job and an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That, and that when happened six times, Joel. When, <laughs> when he's playing Santa in the, uh, he's, the character, let's give him a, a run so he's playing Santa in the mall. And then uh, the, the, is it the Arabic kids and he's chatting or, and, he, and he can't understand what he's saying. And then she's translating for him. 
And then he says, and then you, know, you hear the word iPad. He says, oh, oh anyone's having it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. But it's every single kid asks for the same thing. I thought it was funny. Like, because they say it, because of the repetition is what makes it funny and the context. I thought, I, I, I thought the film was super, super cheesy, but clever. Like, it had to be clever because of how cheesy it is. You know, the, the whole lines, you know, you set up this really innocent and playful North Pole effort, you know, where everyone's jolly, everyone's happy, and always saying nobody swears. There's like, oh, my garland, all that sort of stuff. I thought that was funny. I thought it was like, I just thought it was quite clever, you know, to be in jolly and there's visual gags, like a few, like, recurring ones with the gavel. I thought that was funny, you know, when it, when the, the, the gavel splits and it's all peppermint, so the, the judge eats the, uh, everything that breaks. I thought that was good. I thought the reindeer were good. Like when they're like soldiers and they're all lined up and they're being trying to be fed stuff and then a cut scene, you know, because they've been getting fed all treats for a while and then suddenly they're running havoc, you know, they're just eating popcorn and uh, robbing ice creams out of uh, people's hands and stuff like that. I think it was, I thought it was funny. Like, I don't know. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay. Gava can see you've got your hand off and your Christmas onesie there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or as you just called it, your massively long finger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I, I just want to talk about the script in a little bit more detail. I just think it is not a very good script. I saw right at the beginning it was written and directed by Mark Lawrence. And I was like, Mark Lawrence, why do I know that name? Uh, so I looked him up on IMDb. He wrote the rewrite with Hugh Grant and Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. And did you hear about the Morgans with Hugh Grant and Miss Congeniality 2 with Sandra Bullock? And music and lyrics classic, with Hugh Grant. Classic films. And Forces of Nature with Sandra Bullock. And he also wrote Two Weeks Notice with Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> this guy literally has not written anything in over 20 years that has not starred Hugh Grant and or Sandra Bullock. Who, that is who absolutely did he write the Out of Towners with, Gav? Who did he write the Out of Towners with? 1999, over 20 years, Dave. Over 20 years, One man. One year over. <laughs> right. No, like, fair play. He's gone for something completely different here. A Christmas story not featuring Hugh Grant and or Sandra Bullock and I'm sorry maybe they weren't available <laughs> maybe they fucking read the script realised no <laughs> oh god no I don't want to be in that shape uh, like it just doesn't work you know not only do the aesthetics of this film seem like it's a video on demand film you know, it, it like this just as it has the same script for it as well. Like I said before, Hallmark, it is like something that you'd find playing on Channel 5 at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon. It, it, it's just very bland and vanilla. And as Alex said, the jokes, well, I say jokes, they're not jokes. It's just play on words, Christmassy play on words, as Alex said before. You know, like, oh, I see you're a bit of a stocking half full kind of guy. Oh, what, have I got candy cane in my ears? You know, it's just it's just like, oh, shit, can we think of another Christmas word? And we put that in into an everyday saying or expression. You know, it's, it's, it's just an unoriginal concept generally as well, um, which might have worked if you would have had a, a decent script. Because when you look at like a lot of films recently, like Elf, you know, that's quite a, a, an unoriginal concept, isn't it? It's that sort of fish out of water scenario that we're talking about. Place him in modern day New York and see how he interacts with people. And then, oh, you know what? Santa's in jeopardy. So he's got to save Santa. That's something that is told time and time again. But it's the script behind it that makes it work. With this, it's a, it's a generic, unoriginal uh, story or concept. 
with just no script, no no comedy, nothing to underpin it, just to make it just pop out a little bit. And there's also the question they've got about why why it's set in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, maybe Lawrence was trying to create a contrast between the magical, snowy, CGI-heavy North Pole and then a hot desert city. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just being cynical, but I just felt like it was to do with money constraints. You know, I mean, no offense to anybody who lives in Phoenix, but what I just don't understand is why they'd pick that place for a reason when they could have gone to, you know, Hawaii or Jamaica or somewhere. Because of exactly what you've just said, because of the stark contrast that you've got the snowy, the snowy North Pole. Yeah, but, that, but the desert, there were the there were better there desert. were better places that could depict that. You know, like like Hawaii, for example. Or you know, the thing is, is he wants to become a yoga instructor, right? So it's like, oh, you know, he wants to become a yoga instructor. Where's he going to go? Is he going to is he going to go to India? Maybe no, he's going to go to Phoenix, Arizona, to become a yoga teacher. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I think he left and, to be a yoga teacher when he got there. He decided to become a yoga teacher. They explain this in the film. Like, oh, so, you know what? It, it was it was just so bland. That I just couldn't. I couldn't really. The thing is, is that like it, there's no differentiation between that town and any other town. There's nothing that sets it aside from anywhere else. Really, you know, like in Elf, at least there was New York, the hustle and bustle of New York, the skyline. You know, you've got all these iconic things that you can interact with. In Phoenix, Arizona, there just wasn't the same feel. I'm sorry. You know, and finally, I just want to say a little bit about the product placements. As as Alex said before, this is the most shockingly awful product placement I've seen since iRobot. You know, every kid <laughs> that Noel interacts with wants an iPad. You know, and it's a running joke, but it's just not a funny one. If it was 2010, I'd be like, oh yeah, I get it. But the, by the by the you know, we're living in a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X era, you know, where there's literally fist fights in shops due to the lack of demand, you know, the high demand and a lack of uh, uh, shipments and such. And I'm, not, I'm like, which kid wants an iPad in this day and age? Yeah. It just seems, you know, it, like, I just was thinking to myself, so why would your kids want an iPad? It's more that it's unrealistic for kids to want iPads these days. Exactly. iPads are still pretty popular. Yeah, but like not that popular that every single child, like it just seems that it was written by somebody who's a bit out of touch with what kids actually want, which what pretty much, which pretty much sums want. up the entire film. I think they were in touch with Apple's wallet. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, <laughs> I don't. I didn't see the iPad thing as being the product placement. There were lots of other product placements, yes, sure, yes. like the magazines and the storefronts and stuff. Definitely, there was. You know, it's clear that there's bits that have been in there because they, if it's not going to be a cinematic, oh release, they probably lost. Part I just forgot. There's that bit part. where they turn up at the hall at the at the mall, don't they? And they look. Look, we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and the first thing they look at is look at the Tommy Hilfiger store. Look over there. There's another <laughs> store. <laughs> Let's have a real good look at that brand. So while that, that, you know, is product placement, I didn't think it was, I don't think it's as like grotesque as you make an hour. It was just the fleeting shots to set up that you could be in a mall in any town. It didn't matter that it was Phoenix, Arizona. It didn't matter that, you know, that you're not in New York and looking at all the glitz and glamour. But I think the whole point was that he's just gone to the hottest possible opposite, you know, Phoenix, fire, Arizona, literally a desert, furthest away you could get from being in the North Pole, which was all ice and snow. That's all that, that bit was. The iPad thing, I don't even think was product placement. That was literally just a joke based around what kids want. Just didn't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Dave, uh, we'll come to you. Um, so, we've heard a little bit about uh, 
two cast members in particular, but what are the performances like? And is there a wider cast here or is it mostly just Bill Hader and uh, Anna Kendrick? Um, there is a wider cast uh, here. They are probably the, the two main roles. Um, Anna Kendrick, obviously, is the lead. Bill Hader's probably the next highest build. I think he's on the poster. you got Shirley MacLaine, who plays kind of like um, Noelle's nanny, uh, an elf that I like, looked after when she was little and still looks after her now. It is, as he was saying, it is almost like a monarchy. You know, it's almost like some elves um, are like serving under them, which kind of is, you know, although Ale- uh, Alex and Gavin have been saying, you know, this is uh, there's not an original idea to be found here. I think the idea of the, the Santa Claus thing being like a lineage matter, you know, having this kind of element of succession to it. I don't think we've seen since since Fred Claus. You know, I think that was the only one where succession's kind of been mentioned before. And, you know, kind of, kind of looking at it like a monarchy, I thought was a very interesting way of looking at it. But Shirley MacLaine is uh, the nanny elf, and she's great. I mean, obviously, you know, Oscar-winning actress, you know, it's great to get her on board. You've got Julie Haggerty, who plays their mom. Uh, you know her from Airplane, the Airplane films, basically. Uh, you got Kingsley Benadire, who plays this uh, private detective that when she lands in Phoenix... She thinks, oh, this guy might be able to help me find my brother. And his son, I don't I forget the name of the actor who plays his son. I don't think I've seen him uh, in anything before. Maceo, Macchio. Something, yeah, I forget his name, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, they're all very good as well. And it's, 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 there's some real charm to these performances. I think, you know, although the script may seem a bit bland to men in their 30s, I think kids will find it exciting. And I think the cast really do attack this. You know, I, I disagree again. I want to come back to Gav saying that Bill Hader sleepwalked through this film. I disagree very strongly with that. I think the cast really do approach this with real enthusiasm. I think they really go for it all guns blazing and give it everything they've got. You know, it's a Christmas film. It's about high energy. You know, and Anna Kendrick, who is the lead, the film hinges on her performance. She is charm personified. You know, she's always very watchable in whatever role she's in. Very versatile actress as well. And yes, it's just so charming in this. You know, you get behind her from the word go and she's your heroine. She's your, your hero for this film. And you get behind her within minutes of the film starting and you're with her on her journey and you know her performance is key and the charm i did i think the word i keep coming back to is charm this is a very charming film with very charming performances very likable performances there's no one here that you dislike there's no villain to this piece you know you don't need that much like elf there's no villain to elf very similar sort of concept in these films there's just very likable people well-meaning people and it's a very charming film and i'm going to stick with that word charming okay um so I mean, Dave was pretty much polar opposite there, and I'd probably say more convincing than you were, Gav, actually. Um, so, <laughs> what, what have you got to uh, say to that? Uh, Dave is lying through his arse. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's less eloquent than Dave, but let's give him a chance, guys. <laughs> I, like, I like his charisma, though. He's really gone into that argument, all gun blazing. <laughs> Anna Kendrick is all right. You know, she is playing this eternal, optimistic character, which I think Anna Kendrick is quite good at. You know, uh, it's quite similar to a character from Pitch Perfect. I do feel very bad for Anna Kendrick though because I read an interview with her where she said she wanted to be part of a film that would be watched at a particular time of year, every year, by generations of families. And unfortunately, this film just isn't that film. It, you know, it, this is a film that you're going to watch once and then forget that you've watched it. I mean, and maybe watch it again and go, oh, I've seen this. This wasn't good. We, we all want things as well, don't we, Anna? That's quite a big want. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, just want to be in a film that everyone watches for the rest of time forever. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh right. Okay, well. When, when, when Dave said about um, Bill Hader, I'm sorry, that is just not true. You know, I absolutely love Bill Hader, as you all know. I think he's hilarious in absolutely everything apart from this. 
and he does sleepwalk through this big time. I don't know whether he was contractually obliged to be in this film. I don't know whether, you know, he was doing this as a favor. I don't know whether he was asked to play the character really low energy because, you know, he's unenthused about taking on the Santa role or whether he just could not be asked. But like that guy is just not in this film at all. It may as well just be a cardboard cutout of Bill Hader. Billy Eichner as well, who plays the cousin, I've forgotten his name, who takes over the Santa role. Gabe, that's it. Who takes over the Santa role uh, temporarily while Nick's away and he wants to revolutionise it and use a lot of tech and he realises that there's only like two and a half thousand good kids across all of the world. So they're trying to race to get Santa back in because they're like, that can't be possible. You know, I absolutely love him and everything as well. I think he's absolutely hilarious. And the thing is about him as, as, as a person is he is just this big ball of energy and everything that you see him in. Apart from this, it's like the guy has just donated three pints of blood. You know, he is so low energy. It's like he's being shackled for some reason. He's being restrained. I don't know why. Uh, Shirley MacLaine, yeah, she's, she's good. But, you know, even she can't save this. She's just playing... Shirley MacLaine essentially and it's just nice to see Shirley MacLaine in something to be honest so I'm not going to say anything bad about it because you know I think she's great uh, but you know she, like she, she she could have been in it and she could have not been in it it doesn't add anything to the film really she's just in it and you're like oh yeah Shirley MacLaine's nice isn't she overall the, the cast are in this film but they're not present as I said earlier it's like it could have been absolutely anybody they've got named value in there maybe to get more eyes on the screen but it doesn't really add anything to the film at all okay so what I want to know now is what film would you compare this to Ozzy you know um I don't really know what I'd compare it to because I, like I actually watched this film, so it's easy for me to. <laughs> but no, so seriously though, I think this is. I, I disagree that it's not a film that would come on that you'd watch each Christmas. I think you would. I think it's a nice, easy watch. Um, I thought it was funny. It was charming, and and I I disagree about the Bill Hader thing. I thought he was in this for like his like his um, the whole dry sort of cynicism the the out out of it like the like he's a bit you know off the off the wall he's not the he's he's not father christmas very clearly and he's been picked you know especially for this i think he does a great job of of that role i thought he was funny because he's because of like the way he delivers the lines and i don't you know maybe somebody else could have done it but i thought he does a good job and then the uh that other guy that you're on about the one who has the billy on the street so the um so him um so i thought he was good. I mean, I've not seen him in like other films or whatever, but I thought he was meant to be awkward. He was meant to be a techie, awkward guy who thinks he's doing the right thing. He doesn't want to be Father Christmas. He just wants to create tech tools to to make his job easier. So I thought he delivered it in the right way. He's the closest thing you get to a, a villain in this film. And it's just because he doesn't want to be Father Christmas. He just wants to deliver presents as quickly as possible. You know, he's not about being a bad guy. He's just... And I think he's meant to be an awkward IT guru. You know, that's his that's his goal. And is he not meant to be a big a big uh, uh, a bit like a, a big character or a big presence? He's meant to be an awkward guy who just lives in the computer room. That's his that's his role. I think he does a good job. I, I thought the casting characters in this were well picked. It's just really handy that they're big names. Um, 
I thought they were good. I think you could have seen more of um, of Polly. Um, she, I thought her little scenes were great. You know, she sort of come along on this trip to America just to, you know, to have a laugh. And you see her like getting a massage, and her and the reindeer are like these little sort of cutscenes almost. You know, things that are in the background, Easter eggs, Christmas presents, if you will. And you're like, oh, isn't that funny? Like, as the reindeer are like, you know, just having a, a whale of a time. I, I, don't know, I think there's a lot in this that kids would love. I thought there were lots of very funny, small uh, cutscenes that, that were charming. Like Dave said, charming is the right word for this. Okay. All right. Well, I think I've got all I need. So kind of closing points. I can see, Alex, you've got something to add. Yeah, just quick thing on the actors. Uh, Bill Hader does look dead inside, and he sort of mirrors how you feel by that point in the film. To be honest, he's just got nothing. He's got nothing going on. Um, I'd, I'd say my thing on the and the characters. I would agree. I think Anna Kendrick is quite charming, and you know she's fine. Two hours of her doing just charming with nothing else going on in a character. No one can pull that off. Not, not even Anna Kendrick. Although she does, she she does a fair fair job at actually making this film passable i'm not going to say that i hate this film right i'm going to say that this film is so bland that no one will ever remember this film it will never be remembered it's just it's just a myth film and for two hours you can't be that bland and the one the, the one thing i think that really holds bill hader and anna kendrick back is i'd say they're both like ozzy was saying about the dry cynicism of bill hader and anna kendrick's got it as well it's kind of a there's like a nice darkness to both of their both of those actors that they can put into films it's not too dark but just a little bit and again, if you come back to the premise of the film, which would be, I think, how the writer would have originally meant it, which is that Santa, you know, she usurps Santa, she's a better Santa and it's women. And it's, you know, a little bit of that female power that would have been interested in it. I think Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick would have got on board with that. And you could have had a little bit of darkness and a, and a bit of that. It's just neutered to the point of being so, so boring. It's just got no guts to it. So... Bill Hader's completely wasted. What could have been a really good performance from him where maybe he was a, a bit dealing with the death of the Santa, do you know what I mean? Which is just completely papered over. Maybe Anna Kendrick doesn't really know how to deal with that. You know, all of these things that were just... The, the, the film decided to go that way and like, no, 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 that's not a problem. That's not an issue. We'll just focus on this like glitzy nonsense. We'll talk about Santa dying. We'll talk about females not being given roles. We'll even talk about broken families and we'll talk about sheltered families but we'll just paper over it and just carry on, you know, and, and it doesn't work and not for two hours. It's uh, I, I challenge anyone to watch Noel without having their phone pretty much in front of their face the entire time. I think that'd be difficult for any film to be fair <laughs> these days. Okay. So I think I've got enough now. Um, so I have got a little quiz and I actually found um, like a nice little quiz myself, um, which I didn't, which I didn't make, but I thought it was, a pretty good quiz um so it's just lines from christmas films and you have to tell me obviously what the what the christmas film is uh and then i've got just one question at the end to round it off so question one six thirty dinner with me i can't cast i can't cancel that again Bam. gav how the grinch stole christmas it is how the grinch stole christmas correct question two so good news i saw a dog today Um, National Lampoons. Nobody. Elf. We're actually. Oh fuck off! Yeah, it is Elf. I thought that was really <laughs> difficult as well. Yeah, I just before, and then nobody answered me. When? Oh, sorry. Oh, did you? I said Elf. 
I want a fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question three. My mama used to always say, Christmas ain't Christmas till somebody cries. Usually that someone is me. Oh. Uh, this one is extremely difficult, and I don't think I've ever seen this film. Bam. A Christmas story? It's Shrek the Halls, the, uh. the Christmas version of Shrek. Wow. Uh. <laughs> Didn't even though it existed. Yep. Um, okay, question four. I'm looking for corny in my life. Think of like more of a modern Christmas film. I have. Bad in Santa? which all the characters are extremely like upper to middle class. Oh, Love Actually. Yeah. No, it's not Love Actually. Oh, the Holiday. The Holiday, correct. Ah. I actually watched The Holiday for the first time last year and it, it's almost as hateful as Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Never go that far, Bruce. Almost. <laughs> uh, okay, question five. This one, you have to have your buzzer on first because I'm pretty sure all of you are going to get it. I'll be hanging around the mistletoe just hoping to be kissed. Bam. Fucking Love Actually. <laughs> love Actually. Oh, <laughs> um, so you okay. should have done it in a like, posh accent. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, question six. Will you please tell Santa that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back? Bat, bat. Home Alone 2. Oh, no, it's Home Alone 1. It's Home Alone 1. Do I get the uh, point? Is it, are we that? No, you get minus points because you got it right and then you took it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, question seven. This one's pretty tough as well. You brought me back uh, with the magic harmonica. Uh, Christmas Chronicles. No, it's Jack Frost. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, question eight: If this is if this is their idea of Christmas, I gotta be here for New Year. Oh, bam! Um, die Hard. Die Hard. That's what Argyle says at the end, did he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, question nine: Kidnap the Sandy Claus, beat him with a stick, yeah. lock him up for fifty years. Nightmare before Christmas. A nightmare Before Christmas, well done. Uh, question 10. I fell down the chimney and landed on a flaming hot goose. Bam! I'm up a Christmas carol. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Gav, you're uh, uh, Question 11. <laughs> this is my little helper. I've nicknamed her Lazy the Elf because he never seems to work. She could also be called the Crushing Disappointment Elf. Oh, that sounds very familiar. Um, is Bam. It, it, it is um, based on a popular Christmas song. Oh, then, no. White um, Christmas. Last Christmas. Last Christmas. Well done, Dave. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, question 12. This guy ain't dangerous. He may be off his rails a bit, but he ain't nothing. And if he wants to call him Santa Claus, then good luck to him. Bad Santa? Nope. Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street is correct. Question 13. Nobody's walk of, walking out of this Fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Bam! Bam. <laughs> National Lampoon. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the world is what you make it, and it all starts with what you make of yourself. Ooh. Bam. Polar Express. Sounds Disney. Sounds spielberg It's Fred Claus. Oh. Uh, so, question 15, the last one. Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. You literally Bam. just said it, Brucey. No, no, Polar Express. <laughs> Polar Express. <laughs> okay, and it is the final question um, that I always like to do. So I think I've done this question before. Like, 
a month ago um, where it was what's the highest grossing Christmas film, but adjusting for inflation, what are the top three Christmas films at the box office? Ever. Ever? Yeah. yeah. Die Hard? Uh, Die Hard isn't one of them. Oh. Home Alone. Yeah, okay. Home Alone is number one. Home Alone yeah. 2. And then number two and three are Home very, two, very three. similar. Jesus. Oh. I assume it would be something like Disney-ish or like The Grinch. Yeah, you're right. So it's the it's the Jim Carrey Grinch and then the animated Grinch. That's wow. number two and Both three. Both of them. Wow. Grinch. Yeah. You know didn't they stop the, didn't they um didn't Dr. Seuss say uh, or the Dr. Seuss Foundation or Trust or whatever stop selling the rights to films because of Jim Carrey's The Grinch? No, no, no. It was because of Mike Myers's cat in the hat. He <laughs> said <laughs> after that they said it was so it's bad. They were like no more live adaptations of our stuff. <laughs> so that's why you've had the Lorax and you've had um, the animated Grinch, but this hasn't been a live adaptation because that cat in the hat was so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, okay, everyone loves the Grinch, don't they? So yeah, yeah. They do. Like, Do you know what? Uh, the kids in my class were shouting at me to put Kevin on today. Kevin. It's just like, because it was a wet play, and I was like, what are you on about? The carrot. No, Kevin. They were just going on about Kevin. Kevin. And then I was like, Home Alone. And they were like, yeah, put Kevin on. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they're calling them these Put days. Kevin on trial. That's that's what <laughs> we should do. Should Kevin be tried for? Got him. Yeah, I said, like, like, almost certainly, assault. yes, isn't it? Let's be fair. <laughs> Animal um, Okay, so, Gav, I think you pretty much blitzed that Christmas quiz. Yeah, you were the king um, Obviously, you've been watching a lot of Christmas films recently. I, I, you know what? I've, I've, I've only watched fringe Christmas films up until uh, last night. We watched the first Christmas classic, which was A Muppet Noel. Christmas Carol. That's why I got into it. Noel, yeah. I, I, I watched that yesterday. And then, well, a little bit Took of it Christmas yesterday. Tree down. Yeah. Then I, I was, <laughs> this is the thing. I thought that I could I could do some work in the, in the background, but it was so bland I needed to concentrate it on it because I was forgetting it as it was playing. So I needed to kind of devote all my hey, attention to hey, it. I, I threw my these, Christmas... are post, these are post-post <laughs> don't we? I threw my Christmas tree out the window and then just stood there for a while. Hold some hand below you. <laughs> okay, so um yeah, I've I've reached a decision, I think. Um so here's my thoughts on this. I don't think I'll hate it as much as Gav and Alex have kind of said that I will. Um it's it's really kind of interesting to hear two completely different opinions. Like Dave said Bill Hader's actually fairly decent, and Alex and Gav said he's just like a vapid you know, a shell essentially. So that's really interesting to hear, you know, just completely different sides of the coin. Um, Anna Kendrick apparently wasn't bad and the plot does sound, it does sound interesting to be fair, even if they don't pull it off, you know, just having a female Santa Claus, I think is, is a big kind of step forward, you know, no matter how, no matter how they do it really. So, I think you've got to give it props for that, even if they don't don't do it in like the most streamlined or correct way. And obviously, this being for kids, like maybe kids will enjoy it more. I think maybe Ozzy needs to commandeer that child that he's been kind of kidnapping <laughs> on and off, and maybe uh, you know canvas our opinion on the film because uh, it, it seems as though we're not all kind of good judges for that. Um, but overall, it does sound a little bit like a mess and it doesn't sound like 
you know, in a Christmas film, I like it to be one of those films that you can watch, you know, every year or at least every other year. And, you know, you're not sick of it type of thing. That's what I think makes a good Christmas film. And it kind of sounds like to me, like I'd watch it, you know, maybe I'd be a little bit bored, but I wouldn't really want to come back to it like anytime soon. So I'm going to put it on the shit list for that reason. Oh, thanks very much for that, Joel. Well summed up. Uh, oh, I'm really looking forward to genuine opinions on this one. I- I'll start. I don't think it was as bad as I made out, but it wasn't good. You know, I would. I I honestly preferred Christmas Chronicles two to this, and oh, I didn't Jesus. really like Christmas Chronicles two that much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I-, I I agree with a lot of the things they were saying. I just think you know it's just a bit of maybe script issues. Maybe it was a case of like um, rejigging the release date and they had to I don't know it was intended to go out on the cinemas and then they put it through to Disney Plus instead maybe that affected it I don't know uh, Alex uh, just a half hour too long if it had been a half hour too long I think it might have got away with some of it but for for, for, for an almost two hour long film just to just to be so flavorless I uh yeah I, I was just I, I, I after about an hour and a half I was like right I've had enough now and then uh, by about two hours, I was just angry because I was still having to watch this film. So, uh, so yeah, no, I'd, I'd have put it on the shit list. Okay, and Dave? I don't think it was that bad. I thought it was, it was kind of a, a straight down the middle, kind of average film, to be honest with you. I agree there were script issues. Um, not that in the, the concept was bad or anything like that. It could have done with a punchier script. It could have done with a funnier script. I stand by the performances. I do think everyone gives it as much enthusiasm as they can. I think they give it everything they've got. Um, I was hoping we'd get into CGI at some point so I could talk about Snowcone, who I absolutely <laughs> adore, this little, this little baby reindeer that follows around. It's actually some decent CGI. There were decent production values to it. It's got a lot going for it. I do think Anna Kendrick does the best job uh, of carrying this film. It probably isn't one that's going to sneak its way into people's must-watch every year list. It is, it is kind of forgettable. Um, but I didn't think it was that bad. It's, it's okay. It's worth a watch once. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you know, there's worse ways of wasting your time. Thanks, Dave. And finally, Ozzy, the, probably the one who's most likely to like this film. I genuinely enjoyed it. Of course. <laughs> I thought it was good. Like, I watched it with a like, glass of wine. I thought, it was, I thought it was fun. I think it does exactly what a Christmas feel, that film should do. It gives you, you know, it's got the feels throughout it. It's it's did you watch it on your own? Or did you watch I, watched it? It. I watched it with KT. We did she enjoy it? I watched it, yeah, she loved it. Yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, we, we just enjoyed the film. I think it was really... I, I agree with a lot of what's being said. It's not going to blow anyone away. But I thought it was funny. I thought, I didn't think the script was absolutely terrible. I thought it was quite knowing. I thought it was... I, th- I think it knows it's cheesy and it just played up to that. So, yeah, it can be a bit great. And if that's what not the mood you're in... I liked it. I thought it was good. I think it had a pretty good message that, you know, young girls can be whatever they want to be, you know. I think that was the, the point of that little part of it. I think yeah, it was... It, it was a question um, for everyone, really. Gav said he'd prefer Christmas Chronicles 2 over this. What about you, Brucey? Which one do you yeah, prefer? Christmas Chronicles 2. Oh, Jesus. Dave, what about you? Um... If I had to watch one right now, Christmas Chronicles 2, ask me again this time next year. 
it might be different. I mean, that, that is fucking damning, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All you'd need to say was that, really. We could yeah, have, no, have saved really like 50, why, 50 why minutes of time here. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Mank. <laughs> 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 uh, which got that, 80... That, that, you mean the David Fincher film about Citizen, the making of Citizen Games? <laughs> yes, yeah, that film. Oh, it's right, a, yeah. I'll tell you what, mate, I'll tell you what. Right, we'll do about the film before. So is it higher or lower than Christmas Chronicles 2? What was Christmas Chronicles Christmas 2, do you remember? Just 72% on Rotten lower. Tomatoes. Way lower. I, I, think, I think we're hitting 50s for this one. Yeah, lower. I think it's going to be more middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. Yeah, it's fifty three percent. Interestingly enough, though, so that's the critical re- response. Audience response: it actually just higher than Christmas Chronicles two. Noel got fifty eight, and Christmas Chronicles two got fifty three. And and you know what? I forgot about before. We forgot to discuss our last film on trial, which was Mank. Uh, Dave judged that trial, and he oh, deemed yeah. it should be placed on the hit list. I completely forgot. We skimmed over it. Dave. I wondered if it, I was going to mention it at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just seen Mank. Then I was like, oh shit, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Dave, you've since gone and watched Mank. <laughs> I, I w- it would be really remiss to just skip this episode and, and not ask you what your thoughts were on it. So, yeah, do you think you put it on the right list when you put it on the hit list? Yes, I I actually really enjoyed it, but I think I strongly benefited from having a warning from you all about what kind of film I was about to watch. I, th- I see what you're saying about you've got to be in the mood for Mank. I don't know when that mood's ever going to come across. I think the best you can do is be prepared. You've got to know this is a very wordy film. There's a lot of long, like complicated speeches, quite witty dialogue, but you've got to keep up with it. There's a lot of history in there. There's a lot going on in this film. You've got to be on the ball with it. Uh, I think I really benefited from those words of warning from you guys. I knew what I was about to watch. And as a result, I really liked it. I thought it was a really well-made film. Fantastic performances from Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, the ensemble cast as well. Um, it's definitely going to have some Oscar buzz around it, I think, because if nothing else, Hollywood likes nothing more than talking about itself. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is this is Oscar bait through and through. But um, no, it's a really well-made film. And I think I would recommend it to people, but I would have to like sit them down for a minute yeah. and just say, look, just so you understand, this is what the film's about. The timeline jumps a bit. You might not like that. It's very wordy. You might not like it. So with a few warnings and a bit prepping people, setting them up, this is a film you can enjoy. Do you, know, you, you know, it's funny because I, I, at the end of that episode, I was like, no, no, I really like Mank. As the week's gone on, I'd be interested to see if this happens for you, Dave. <laughs> it's kind of soured on me. And like, <laughs> I know it's weird, but I'm like, ma, do, do I... Do you, do you know, it was that bit, because the arguments people were making, who was prosecution last week? Who was it? Gavin, me and Joel. Gavin Joel, Joel, yeah. The arguments, I was like thinking about it. I was like, fuck, yeah, they were a bit, they're all right. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say about Gav, you know, you were saying how uh, Gary Oldman's too old to be playing Mank. And I was like, well, he is playing an alcoholic. You know, he might look older than his years. Yet th- his younger brother would pass for his son. I concede that point, Gav. You were right. Gary Oldman does look a little too old to be playing. It's that culmination scene when you know when he stood and he just goes on like a, an impenetrable monologue about like Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? Actually, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have to sit people down and say like, yeah, Manx a really good film, but just tell me how's your Cervantes? And like, <laughs> you, have you really got into? <laughs> do you, do you, you know the that? story of Don Quixote really well? Oh. And do you know what? Go away. Read Don Quixote and then come back and watch Mank. Have you never done? Have you never walked around a table lecturing your boss about the comparisons between him and Don Quixote and then throw up all over his carpet at the end of it? You haven't lived. I think it's still what I actually have. But I haven't read Don Quixote. <laughs> I thought, uh, I think Joel like, said it at the time as well. I think he said something along the lines of that somebody needed to edit it a bit 
Like, yeah. there was yeah. just so much. It was almost like that somebody didn't want it. Wasn't it the guy's dad had written it or something? Yeah, uh, yeah. It felt like it would be a real... Yeah, uh, yeah. He wasn't, that, he wasn't this, touching that script. Yeah. That, 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 that one scene, you know, like, just how unrealistic it was that not one person was just like, who the fuck is this guy? I <laughs> shut the hell up, you know? Everybody was so hard. He's He's not even wearing a fucking costume. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just ignore him? <laughs> anyway, right, sorry. Uh, just thank you very much uh, to everybody who has listened to this episode. I would like to point out that next week we are going to be putting Elf on trial and it will be a very special episode because we're going to be live streaming it for the first time ever. That's right, we're going to do a live trial on Facebook. So all you got to do is follow us on Facebook and just tune in 7 o'clock Monday, the 21st of December. We're going to be doing a live trial of Elf. It's going to be a good laugh. There'll be lots of banter, impressions, insults, uh, some giveaways maybe, an interactive quiz. It'll be hopefully fun for everyone uh, over the age of 18 maybe. Uh, But we have randomly pulled the uh, roles out of the hat. So in defense, it's going to be Joel and Dave. In prosecution of Elf, it's going to be Alex and Ozzy. And I am going to be playing the judge. So please tune in next week. Uh, we'll also be doing a caption contest and a little bit of a Q&A. So if you have any questions or any films for us to put on trial in the future, you can recommend them then. Anyway, talking about this episode, if you liked it, why not go into Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review? Just like, share, subscribe, and spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many years as possible. Check us out on Twitter, at Film Trials, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So... That is it. Noel is a shit. And we're going to be in your ears and in your eyes next week with Elf. <laughs> Although, like, all, all, like, what is it? Three years we've been doing this. And finally, that bit has paid off. All <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> right. Goodbye, everyone. Sorry. I'll have to get on it after this. Apologize to me. Apologize to everyone. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex, no, I'm no, sorry, no, Austin. No. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our tens of listeners out there. <laughs>